When you're almost famous, you just might find yourself live on air on WATD. Hour two of Almost Famous begins now. And welcome to the second hour of Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD. In the first Tiny Stage performance of 2017. My name is John Shea. We are brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass, introducing you to amazing local music like our artist in studio tonight, Mr. Monk Dwayne. Monk, welcome back. Hey, John. How you doing? Thanks doing for having great. me as the, wow, first artist of the new year. That's first no, artist? No pressure. Yeah, no, yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Happy New Year. So what's been new in your world? Oh, my God. Uh, my world's kind of exploded as of like today. Um, so, uh, for a number of years, I, I used to write music for TV and film and I stopped doing that for a while. Um, primarily because, um, one of the upsides of doing that is that you get really good at writing fast and sounding like other people if necessary and, and just writing on demand. The downside is, um, when you come back to yourself as an artist and you want to do your own thing, you, there can be the potential to kind of lose your sound and your your vibe and kind of lose focus on what you're all about. So I stopped for a while um, and um, went through a process of trying to, to uh, refine my roots and uh, managed to do that with the help of uh, Sean McLaughlin and uh, Mike Lefac and Jim Gambino and found, uh, found, found the soul, you know, found the old school soul and did, um, did Argue With Gravity that came out. Uh, Which I love, year. by the way. Thank you so much. And uh, we recorded a new album that um, we're looking to put out sometime this year. <laughs> I think we have, a, we have a new strategy for that. Um, but in the process, since I hadn't done the TV thing for a while, I kind of ca- took my eye off the ball. Um, and I still have a uh, music publisher working on my behalf. So clearly there was still something going on there and I, I wasn't paying attention. So today I got notified that, uh, hey, by the way, your music was used in CBS promos for like for like it was, it was um, 60 minutes CBS Morning News um, Hawaii Five-0 uh, what is it NCIS all the NCIS's Los Angeles New Orleans uh, PGA Golf a uh, show called Scorpion the 7th the 70th annual Tony Awards um, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and my jaw just hit the ground I'm like what I, I had no idea this stuff was still going on um, because you don't typically get notified when they place the stuff um mostly because music is a last-minute consideration uh, in, in the way the TV production is done because editing is so tight and schedules are so tight, they drop it in last minute. So it's not until the cue sheets are submitted to the performing rights societies like ASCAP, which I belong to, uh, that you kind of figure out, hey, look at that. They <laughs> used my stuff. And typically it's like six to nine months later. So I just found out all this activity was happening last year, which is really, really cool. I had no idea. So... Um, and it's just coincidental because as of just a couple of days ago, I was kind of, you know, yapping up on social media that, you know, maybe it's time to dip my foot back into the, the, the TV and film world again. I, I kind of miss it. I'm, I'm secure with the sound that I found for myself. I don't think it's going anywhere now. And, and I think I can get back into it. And two days later, <laughs> I found out about sure this. Enough, the music gods were listening. They, somebody was listening. I, and, the, and the funny thing is, it was, it was happening. And it happened already. You know, I just uh, I just found out about it. So serendipity. That's amazing. That, that, that's really cool. I bet you, you, you I, I couldn't even imagine my reaction if that happened. So. I, I, it was like, it's just, you're just, that's just, your jaw hits the ground and you're like, what? And, and there it is. So 
it's it's just a, a sign that you know what I I did that stuff well I, I made the right move as far as taking myself away from it for a while um, but in mission accomplished I took myself away to find a sound I found the sound I'm about to release a second album that digs even deeper into that sound um, and and it's not going anywhere so I've kind of found my roots and found myself in it and so I can go back I think now to uh, being work for hire guy who can turn this stuff around again I think without the danger of losing what I found in the process yeah and you mentioned um, just a, a few minutes ago that the uh, the new album you're, you're you're working on currently and about to release um, kind of ironically, we ended the uh, the last hour with Diana Inez, and she's one of the guest vocalists. On she the was album. she was just in my studio today. <laughs> uh, she's heading back to L.A. tomorrow, but uh, yeah, she was just in today and uh, had her sing backup on three songs, and um, she knocked it out of the park as she always does. I absolutely love her voice. Awesome. Well, let's hear your voice. What do you want to uh, open up the show with tonight? Um, I'm going to start with uh, something from Argue With Gravity that I don't play ter- uh, a whole lot. This is a song called String of Pearls. All right. We have Monk Dwayne here live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. Seven-second soundbite on the late, late news. You absorb half the words as you start to snooze. You say stay informed. Learned all you care to learn. Tattooed opinions without the truth. You're giving me a string of pearls. Tied together with your armchair wisdom. You're telling me you know the world. But you never set food outside your prison. Such a lovely little string of pearls Your pride, another victim Are you gonna just sit there and tell me You're right, you're right Ooh. 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 Dig in, dig deeper a double dutch out in the spotlight light it up and inside every word of bitterness be hushed you're giving me a string of pearls tied together with your armchair wisdom you're telling me you know the world but you never set food outside your prison such a lovely little string of pearls your pride Another victim Are you gonna just sit there and tell me You're right, you're right There's a chance It's true That the one Who's there Would know Let's take it All in tow Together with your armchair wisdom You're telling me you know the world But you never set foot outside your prison Such a lovely little string of pearls Your pride, another victim Are you gonna just sit there and tell me you're right, 
Monk Dwayne live in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD. Nice job on that, man. Thank that you was so great. Much. Could you share with us kind of how that song came to be? Sure. Um, one of the uh, interesting things about my life, I've come to, um, I've come to kind of say I, I have a dual major in life. So I, I'm a musician and I'm an artist and a songwriter and performer. Uh, but during the day, I am a defense contractor. So I go to yucky places and try and make those yucky places a little better. And um, it's real interesting. So uh, when I was in the process of writing Argue with Gravity, um, it was uh, what was going on? The, 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 a lot of the border stuff was going on at the time. And there was a lot of a lot of armchair politics being tossed about on uh on social media, it was, it was the, the kids and the buses and just horrible, horrible crap. I was hearing it, and I was there, so I had spent some time down there, and and I saw a lot of this firsthand. And when you when you see when you see this firsthand, the, the politics kind of melts away, and you're dealing with a very human issue. Um, and I'd come I'd come home, and I'd log back on to Facebook and kind of resume my my uh, you know, life be, and. Um, and, I, and I'd want to engage in these conversations, but it was just, you know, engage in what conversations? People were, were spouting opinions based on, on memes and, and no information and sound bites. And it, it, it was just kind of pointless to, to engage in that conversation because it's one of those things where everybody, everybody's an expert. So um, String of Pearls was, uh, you know, a sarcastic in the sense of, uh, you know, pearls of wisdom coming from uh, disinformation. What a great story. Thank you. Do you have, uh, like, a, a routine when you are, when the, the spark hits you, the inspiration, do you have a place that you go, or do you have a, a routine that kind of makes the lyrics and the music flow easier? They never flow easy. <laughs> I wish they did. The music always flows much easier than the lyrics. Um uh, let's see. Do I have a place that I go? I, I really or don't. Do, do like a, a routine that might you know kind of. I, I need dead silence. More. I need I need my mind cleared. I need all the noise of the day uh, gone. Typically, it happens at like two a.m., three uh, three a.m. Those hours, and um, and I and I and I catch it from my wife and my family constantly that I'm up so late and then up so early and I don't sleep much. But I mean. Again, dual major in life. This is this is kind of what's required to get those moments because those moments will not happen during the hours when the rest of the world is awake. And it's got to really be almost when you're on that cusp of of unconsciousness that uh, you can kind of dig into that part of. Well, I can dig into that part of myself to to squeeze these lyrics out because it's just not happening during the day when the hustle and bustle is going and it's, it's not there. Now you talked earlier about about uh, your roots. What are your roots when it comes to music? When it comes to to lyrics and writing, to, uh, take us back through your your history of music. Uh sure. I mean, that would be you know Stevie Wonder's Bill uh, Stevie Wonder, Bill Withers, um, uh, every everything from that. Or James Brown. I, I met James Brown when I was sixteen, um, and I and the, the silly thing is I had no idea who James Brown was when I met him. <laughs> How uh, did that happen? I was walking out of a music conference with my dad, and. Um, I had a notebook in my hand because I was taking notes at this conference. I'm walking out of the hotel doors, and this limo pulls up in front, and this little guy gets out with uh, a bunch of other guys surrounding him, and he comes walking right toward me. And I had no idea. I was like, do I know this guy? What? This, is, this is just strange. He takes the notebook out of my hand and 
write something down and utter something I completely could not understand. And, and I'm just kind of smiling politely like, thank you. And I look down and looking at it and it says, God loves you, James Brown. And what he said was that, but I couldn't actually understand that. that he's like, God loves you, James Brown. It was just a classic, you know. Um, and I look up at my dad and he, he's looking at me like he wants to smack me. He's like, you have no idea what just happened. You know, he, and I guess what James Brown thought is I was walking up to him to get an autograph. Uh, yes. and I was just walking out. Um, but it was the most amazing, I'll use the word again, serendipity in that I was like, oh, who is this guy? And then I went back and researched James Brown and got into the back catalog and got really, really into that kind of music, which led the way to people like Prince and, and some of the, the latter day offshoots of that inspiration. And, um, and that, the, the funny thing is that that became the root of everything that I became as a musician later on. Um, getting into funk and soul and R&B and, uh, you know, Wilson Pickett and, and, you know, all these, all these beautiful voices of that era and that, that vibe and that, that energy and that pocket and that, that funk and that groove. It's just, um, it just hit me right in my soul and I, I never, it never left and I've tried to, uh, I have a short attention span, so I like a lot of different styles of music. Um, and so I'll be like, I'm very reactionary. I hear, I hear something and I, I want to play just like that. Or I hear a style and I want to play just like that. But my default reset is this style of music. It's where I'm most at home. It's where I'm most comfortable. And I think it's probably where my sweet spot is in terms of the way I sing and the way I play. Um, and, uh, and it took going back to that to those moments to those classic albums it took going back to you know songs in the key of life and um you know all, all, a ton of bill withers from that period to really just wake me up out of this fugue of confusion of well i need to sound like beck today or i need to sound like this one today or that one today because uh, it's five o'clock i just got the request from the west coast i need to have it there by 12 o'clock tomorrow their time uh, or, or our time and um and now I've got to stay up all night and crank this out. I've got to write, record, produce, master, send it, cross my fingers that because I was up all night, I didn't just create the utmost piece of junk. And then hope they use it. And hope they use it. Yeah, exactly. So um, a couple of years of that, you know, it, it, uh, it, it wore me down. So my reset is, is, is soul, is, is R&B. Now, I need to ask, you know, we lost James Brown several years back, but we also lost a lot of incredible musicians in the past few months, oh uh, Prince and George Michael, um, some amazing musicians. Do you uh, feel a responsibility to kind of carry on that tradition of that style of music? I don't know if I feel a responsibility to carry it on. I, I, I don't know what I feel about it yet. I, I know that in particular when Prince went, because he was and is my number one influence as an artist, um, that I, I was numb for a long period after that. And, and guilty about feeling that way for someone I didn't actually know and well, it's not like it was a member of my family how can I feel this this beaten up about this yet it's you know it was he was the cornerstone of everything that I wanted to be uh, and that I aspired to and that I, I looked up to for for decades um, and that he was gone so young so tragically you know um, and alone and just all the potential that was lost um all that did is remind me that, yes, I have a dual major in life, but this 
always comes first. It just always will. It's who I am. It's what I'm thinking about every second of the day. Um, even when I'm engaged in other things, this, 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 this music thing is always on my mind. And because the difference is what I do during the day is what I do. Music is who I am. And it took me a long time to reconcile that it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not a thing that you can pick up and put down. It is your soul. Mm-hmm. And when you have it, there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. There are times I've tried to even walk away from this because it's a frustrating business. And, um, and Lord knows you get beaten down pretty good. Um, but losing Prince, um, Jesus, uh, losing, losing so many people we lost in 2016, losing him in particular, and then capping the year off with George Michael, who is probably in my top two vocal influences. Um, I, I was just, I'm just beside myself with what am I doing? I can't afford to waste any more time. God knows when that day comes for me. And what do I have to show for it if I'm not constantly, constantly working to make myself better at this? Well, speaking of, you know, music being a part of your soul, both, I think, George Michael and Prince, both were writing and recording top 10 songs when they were in their mid-teens. Yes. And not only writing but you know producing and arranging and they had you know amazing records you know 16 right through to the time when they died yes and and and, uh, tragically george michael was actually in the middle of working on a bunch of new music he was about to release and um i think they were actually filming a documentary as well um but it's just it's a crazy crazy thing i mean 53 years old that that ain't right you know and and you take you take life for granted, and there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful things in my life that I do my best not to take for granted. I have the best family a man can ask for, the best wife, the best kids. Uh, I'm fortunate. I work my ass off for it, but I'm fortunate. Um, but you never know when when it's the last day. I, these I'm sure Prince walked in that elevator. He didn't think he wasn't walking out. Yeah, true. So. What do you do with with the days that you have? You know, do you remember that? And from what I understand, he left behind a huge back catalog of music. That oh, well, yeah, there's the vault, right? So, and, and and Prince was the kind of guy who had no self editing capability. So, I'm sure there's a wide variety of quality to what the hell was he thinking when he did that kind of stuff in there? But you know, the, he can. Uh, I was reading somewhere that he could re- they could release enough new Prince music to last decades and decades and decades because he wrote every single day this mm-hmm. was his life you know it, and there was, was no the putting kind it down of, the kind of guy that you know when he wrote a song he went into the studio and not only did he record it and produce it but he played every instrument on the track and he had it done probably within a night well he played every instrument on the track although he did work with a lot of regular musicians yes. and they would get a call at 4am hey get down here because I need to do something. And if you, if you played for Prince, you were on call 24-7. <laughs> and uh, I, I know some people that were in that kind of uh, sphere of influence uh, of Prince who uh, have some very interesting stories about just having to be at the beck and call, this guy. And you were grateful for it. I mean, you were in the presence of true genius. And that sounds like a cliche, but how often are we? So you just drop everything and you go true. do it. Tonight. Oh, stop. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Can we hear another song? Sure. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to play something off. Uh, now, I, I'm gonna, I, I keep saying I'm going to play something off the new album, but I'm actually taking a whole new strategy with this this year. Um, 
there are albums and there is the modern interpretation of the industry where it is consumer demand by song by stream and we you know the old guard can fight that all they want all we want because i am the old guard um but it is the reality and it's not the worst thing in the world if you try and embrace it and i've been fighting with this one i fought with this one on the last album um because Producing an album independently is expensive. <laughs> producing CDs is crazy expensive, and people just aren't really buying them anymore. They'll buy them at the shows, maybe, and that's only if they're over forty, because they understand the value of the of the plastic. Yes, you know, uh, to everybody else, it's just a storage medium. So, and there's no concept of ownership anymore. So I just want to call it up when I have it because I have a, I have a subscription to whatever that you're on. Um, so, okay, fine. So what I'm actually doing this year is I had intended on releasing a 10-song album. Uh, but what I'm actually doing is we're going to release a song a month on Patreon. So I will be able, starting this week, I'm going to have a new Patreon page up where people can come to Monk Dwayne on Patreon. And they can pledge a dollar, five dollars, whatever. Every time I release something, that's when they pay for it as opposed to paying for something up front that hasn't been created yet. That's amazing. I yeah. like that and, um, and, it's, and this way I can keep it fresh, and every month there's something new, and there's something new to talk about, and there's something new to play, as opposed to this mad rush for an album release that most people aren't buying anymore. And, you know, there's the, the fanfare in that, like, six-week period where you release it, and then everything starts to die down again, unless you go out and tour. And even still, these days, that's a whole other conversation. Um, well, it seems like it's back in the days when uh, vinyl was still king, when you did have, you know, the 12-inch album, but then, you know, every couple months you'd release a new 45 off of that album that right. people could then go and buy. Yeah. And there were songs that were released purely as singles. Yeah. So I'm going to try this. I'm going to release these songs one at a time throughout the year. Um, at some point, I'm going to make it available as a limited edition CD. Um, which is kind of what I did with the last one. I did a very, a very small pressing of that. Um, because there are still people that, that want that as well. That's who I am as a consumer. But that's, that's use case of one, right? That's, yep. not, uh, that's not necessarily what the, the masses are looking for. So, so fine. I'll, I'll, I'll play the game for a little bit. We'll see how it works out. Um, we'll see if... Uh, and, and the concept of patronage, I mean, that's like Mozart days, right? Where, where you had the, the, the kings and, and the... The rich people would patronize artists to have them create, whether it be painters or musicians or you know, Mozart or whatever. And so it's really interesting that they're modernizing this concept where people can patron, patronize you, you know, and support you as you do something, not for the promise of doing something. Yeah. So we'll give it a shot. Sounds great to me. So uh, this is a song that is of the new batch of songs that will be available on uh, on Patreon as the uh, as the year goes on. This is a song called Spy Satellite. Right, Monk Dwayne here on 95.9 WATD. trust no discussion no meaning I can't suppress 
The sin that you suggest With deep regret I'm leaving Once I'm clear from here I keep an eye on you I seem to disappear A new phase of the moon Silently in the darkness of the night I orbit flights by satellite I'll move so quietly and watch from way up high Just out of sight by satellite And from afar Just like an evening star I'll write a memoir on you I will look out And I will scream it out Steal the power you've accrued In your hubris you will never see the fall are toothless and you cannot fool us all oh, oh. I'll move so quietly in the darkness of the night I orbit flights by satellite I'll move so silently and watch from way up Monk Dwayne live in studio tonight here on 95.9 WATD. Awesome job on that. Thank you so much. 
We have to take a very quick break, but I think we have time for... We have another half hour left, so uh, we've got tons of great music here with Monk Dwayne. Tons of great music. You're on 95.9 WHD right after this. We're just as frustrated with the big recording labels as you are. And I'll tell you why I can't put up with you people, because you're bastard people. We just don't have the people skills to express it. Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. And we are back in studio tonight with Monk Dwayne live on the tiny stage. Monk, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? You're sounding awesome. Thank you so much. So just before the break, before you played that last song, we are talking about kind of the evolution of music and how albums uh, to some people in this generation are kind of fading away and it's becoming back into like a single-oriented world in some part. Yet there's still a pocket of young people that are buying vinyl. Yes. So this is and vinyl apparently outsold digital for the first time ever in 2016. I was reading about that. Now, there's a couple of ways to look at that, right? So vinyl outsold digital because you have to buy vinyl and you no longer have to buy digital. Right? That's so true. as opposed to iTunes sales, now it's just subscription based to Pandora and Spotify and whatever. So I guess it makes sense that vinyl outsold digital. But if you're talking about how many units were moved versus how many things were streamed, I'm sure there's a vast like, chasm of dichotomy in there. True. Well, where I'm going with this is just before the break, we were trying to hook up your iPhone <laughs> to both sides of the conversation. But the new iPhone 7, they removed the headphone jack. Yes, so that's they did. A- another step forward in the digitalization of music in 2017. Yeah. But, you know, that might be one of those things where it's, it's an Apple gamble right i mean nobody else is doing that true um they could be pioneering something here and they probably are and it's probably us when once we die out it'll be gone forever um but you know it it, on on the flip side i just bought a new car recently and i don't need the jack because everything is bluetooth in the car exactly same here so then why why do i need the jack It, it it sucks when I'm on a gig and I actually want to plug in music between sets and, oh, wait, I got nothing to plug into. So now I need to buy a mixing board that actually has Bluetooth capability as well, That's which true. they have. I just have to get rid of my older stuff. Or go old school and get, you know, an iPod shuffle and I, plug yeah, that in. Buy another piece of Apple gear. <laughs> Apple's gotten enough from me over the years. Yeah, same here. So we uh, kicked the show off tonight with you uh, talking about uh, some publishing excitement that's uh, new in your world. You had a, a bunch of um, a bunch of uh, placement in NBC-based shows. CBS. See, I'm sorry, CBS-based yeah. shows. So for those who might be uh, listening right now, you know, maybe uh, aspiring musicians, what advice would you give them to kind of um, to get to the point that you're at right now? Because <laughs> um, I know the last time you were here, you had some, some amazing advice about basically music being its own small business. It is its own small business, and you, and you do need to, to kind of detach it, at least whatever. I needed to detach it from who I am as an artist. So you have to kind of look at it as two different sides of of the coin, right? Um, Music publishing as a business is the thing that will that that's your that's your IRA that's what you hand down to your kids that's what's going to outlive you and something that your kids can cash in on for 75 years after your death you know, so it's it's an investment in your present, but it's also an investment in their future, and it's just a whole different business. And you have to, you have to be okay with the con- something that I call being sub-famous, which is um, no one's going to know who you are. It's total anonymity, 
and that's okay. I've made myself comfortable with that a long, long time ago. You can keep fame. I want no part of it. The fact that I can go home at night and be me and that's it is the coolest thing in the world. Yet, turn on my TV and, you know, my music is playing on, you know, the 70th Tony Awards. But they don't know it's me. And that's okay, you know. But it's even more okay when you get that quarterly check. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, you can... There is a potential if you work really hard and find a way to stand out to, uh, or find a way to be a chameleon, right? So the, some, of the, some of the ways to stand out is to not sound, uh, not sound any different necessarily, but have the ability to sound like anything on call. Um, so it's just a totally different skill set where most artists spend their existence trying to hone a signature and a fingerprint. Um, being somebody who's the guy on call for these on-demand type things is the ability to uh, to uh, what's the best word for it uh, to basically lift somebody else's fingerprint, you know, and um, and be able to do it super fast. So you know, learn learn how to learn your DAW, learn how to record, learn how to master, and mastering is a big scary thing to a lot of us. Uh, you know, learn how to mix. Learn uh, how to listen beyond your comfort zone, how to write beyond your comfort zone, how to let go of your ego to the point where if your voice if your voice is not the right voice for that song to sell the song, get somebody else to sing on the demo. And that's a really hard thing coming from a singer to let go of. It's like, oh, but it's my song. And I, that, don't worry about it. Let somebody else do it. Uh, it. It's a lot of, it takes a lot of maturity. I think it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of bravery to, to go into that thing and let most of who, your identity as a musician go so that you can survive as a songwriter and survive as a musician and come back to the things that you want to do as an artist and allow yourself the ability to sustain yourself doing that. That's, um, so, so in terms of advice, it's, it's learn the skills, develop the toolbox. It's, uh, you know, sharpen those writing skills and, Try to write like things that you never thought you would write like because it's not for you. It's, it's for you to capitalize on. And um, if you feel like you're selling out, then you're not doing it right. I've never had that feeling that I was a sellout because m- music I was writing was getting used. Um, my God, are you kidding me? I mean, how many of us are right and no one ever hears anything and we end up in complete... I don't want to say obscurity because regardless of where my music gets placed, I'm still obscure, and, I, and that's by design. But um, having that self-sufficiency based on your passion is irreplaceable. You cannot buy that. You can't learn that. That, that has to be something you work real hard for uh, and trial and error and make a lot of mistakes and fall down a lot to learn how to stand up on your own as a, as a songwriter and as a musician, as an, as an artist. Amazing advice. That's, that's great. We have Monk Wayne in studio tonight. Now, Monk, if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice that you know now to the person who first started off as a musician, what would that advice be? So advice for people starting off as a musician? No, advice if you could go back in time and tell yourself something that's, that you know now. Oh, my goodness. If I, if I had a DeLorean, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if I had a DeLorean, what would I do? What would I tell myself when I was starting out? I would have slapped myself silly. If I could 
just go back in time and pull my own head out of my ass, I would be the richest man in the world right now. Um, <laughs> that's the problem, right? When you're young, that's the time to think you know what you're doing and have that boldness to go after everything, despite the fact that you have no experience to do so and no frame of reference to do so. And frankly, it's worked for an awful lot of people in the past, and they've grown into uh, whatever they grew into. But what would I have told myself? Probably the same thing I just said, you know, stop listening. Stop thinking what you're listening to now is the be all end all of everything. It is one flavor in a sea of flavor and learn the other flavors. Don't turn. I I mean, if you had told me at one point when I was 18, 19 years old, that one day, not only would I appreciate country music, I'd grow to love country music. I would have laughed and laughed and laughed because it was just, it just wasn't part of my world. Um, but yet, you know, six, seven years ago, not only did I come to appreciate it, there, was, you know, there were aspects of it I really came to love and integrated into my writing process and integrated into my guitar playing. Um, and I've, I've moved away from that as a genre, but, you know, it, it beca- all that becomes who you are. They become the layers of who, of who you are, and you need to allow for that. So if I, if I can go back and tell myself one thing, I, I would just tell myself to listen. Just listen. Stop, stop talking and listen. Great advice. Now, this is a, a world, uh, especially, you know, very recently with the, uh, the Mariah Carey episode that happened uh, at New Year's Eve. A very, it seems to be um, not a live band-based uh, music scene mm-hmm. to some degree. What, what are your thoughts on that, especially with the Mariah uh, uh, I don't want to say disaster because it really wasn't her fault. <laughs> I'm going to name but, my next band the Mariah Disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but just Thanks, what, what happened to her on New Year's Eve? What, what are your thoughts and, and feelings about all that stuff that happened? Look, my knee-jerk reaction to what happened on New Year's Eve was probably like what a lot of people's were, which was, oh, my God, just sing and blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, being an experienced performer, you start to realize that, A, there are situations where when you pull that in-ear out of your ear, that all you hear is, you don't hear a pulse. You don't hear a tonality. You have nothing to latch on to. Uh, and in, some, in a situation as, chaos, as, as chaotic as Times Square, where God knows how loud the ambient noise was just with all the people there uh, and the music trying to pump over them and bouncing off of buildings and bouncing off of glass, um, it isn't realistic to think that there's anything else really she could have done. The way she handled it and her demeanor is off-putting, and there's no doubt about that. Yes. But I don't know. I, I mean, I've been in situations where I can't monitor myself, and you try and make it through, and, and there probably is one or two I can recall where I, there was, I had no hope. There was no prayer, and it became one of those things. Then, then it goes beyond Mariah Carey. Then it goes to broadcast. Why didn't broadcast cut away? Why didn't yep. broadcast see this train wreck and do something about it. Why didn't they kill it on the West Coast feed? Why did they let that repeat three hours later if not to just be a social media story? Yes, exactly. And that's, that's disgusting. And that was kind of the, the um, response that I saw from a lot of people that it was sort of you know, set up to fail. Yeah, and there are some people you kind of just want to see fall down on their face once in a while because they're because ego, because they're off-putting or whatever. And, you know... She could be all that, but there's some things you cannot take away from that woman, and you cannot take that voice away from that woman. Exactly. And um, the songwriting skills. And, yeah, I mean, she she did earn her place. 
Um, getting knocked down a few pegs, I think we all need it from time to time. I don't care how big you are and what an, what an earner you've become. Um, but there were other people at fault there. The world just focuses on her. And that uh, because she didn't handle it well and because she was center stage. But, you know, I, I was reading from her manager today that th- back in the trailer, she was saying she couldn't hear out of the in-ears. And they said, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll hear it on stage. Ten minutes before, she was saying she couldn't hear out of the in-ears. They told her the same thing. Three minutes, two minutes. They kept telling her it's fine. And she didn't just fall off the truck. Despite her... Her ego, you know, the woman has some experience under yes. her belt. So she got on stage. What what happened was what she was saying was happening for, you know, 30 minutes prior. And who knows? Who knows if there's malice behind that? Who knows if it's just incompetence or a combination of both? But, you know, I, it, it's, it seems to kind of be a cherry on the, cherry on the cake. Uh, of of 2016, yes. we just we just want to we just want to see people fail, and that's that's horrible. It's just enough of that already. You know, we have to just be a little nicer to each other, and we're just getting mean. We're getting meaner and meaner and meaner. And I think that you know, I, I've talked about this in the past. I think social media plays a role in that because you don't have to look somebody in the face when you talk to them. Yeah, it's it's a story they can share and it can go viral. And yeah, that's you know, what can I talk about? I need something to talk about. It's a good grasping for content. In some people's minds, that's better than, you know, Mariah Carey performing in Times Square. It's, it's you know, it's, it's higher ratings than the TV broadcast. Yeah. You know, having, you know, a, a million hits on YouTube is almost better than having, you know, a certain number of people tuning in to the, to the ratings game on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it, it could, the, the fact of the matter is if she got on stage and she killed it, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Exactly. It would have been what everyone's expectations were of the moment, which is, it's Mariah Carey. She's got an amazing voice. She's going to get up. She's going to sing. Some people would have been thought she was lip syncing. Other people would, wouldn't have cared. It wouldn't have mattered. 20 minutes later, Happy New Year, on Old Lang Syne, move on with your life. Yep. But here we are on January 3rd still having the conversation. That's very true. Which could be by design. Who yep. knows? Which is also obnoxious. Very true. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's glorifying failure. Absolutely. Let's hear another song. Sure. What do you have next for us? Oh, boy. Okay. Let's see. (laughs) As long as we're getting all kinds of heavy. Um, Oh, let's do this one. So, this is also going to be on the new collection. I'm going to have to start saying things a different way. The new collection of material. Um, Do I want to do this one? Yeah. This is... There we go. This is a song that um, uh, I know a number of people who have had some inconceivable loss in their lives. Um, I'm not going to get into detail on it, but um, a few people uh, that are that I'm close with, that my wife is close with, that have suffered loss that nobody should ever have to deal with. Um, so that, that inspired this song. It's called Once Around the Sun. stone on a winter day I still feel you here but you're far away on a pendulum swing from grief to love much worse than the worst thing you're thinking of 
Sometimes the smallest spark leaves the biggest mark. It doesn't have to last long to live. That's a work of art. Lifelong, we try to move on. I try to walk away, but my body won't respond. Only once around the sun. It doesn't seem like much when we just begun. Just once around the sun. Just one trip we've traveled millions of miles. Like anyone. Put that way, it don't sound so bad. But there's much more life we should have had. Time's up on this tiny rock as it floats in space. I would give my life if it would slow the pace. Only once around the sun. It doesn't seem like much when we just begun. Only once around the sun. Just one trip, we've traveled millions of miles, like everyone. Only once around the sun. It doesn't seem like much when we just begun. Only once around the sun. In just one trip, we've traveled millions of miles. Like anyone. Like everyone. Like anyone. Like everyone. Just one more day. Monk Dwayne live here on 95.9 WATD. Nice job on that. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Now, the uh, new collection of music um, is going to be available soon? Uh, well, the first single came out to you first. Yes, we love that track. <laughs> Thank you so much, Theory of History. Uh, yeah, the, 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 Patreon, um, the Patreon page is going to go live this week, and uh, Theory of History will be the first single that's available on, on Patreon. Um, I believe the next song is going to be a song called Last Man in Wonderland. That'll come out uh, the following month. And after that, boy, it's anybody's guess. <laughs> um, I, I, had a, I had an order for the album. I'm not going to release them in an order. Um, when I do the limited edition CD, they'll, they'll obviously be in the order they were intended. But um, I, I just want to make things available and fresh you know, on a regular basis as opposed to uh, a big explosion of 10 songs and then it goes away in six weeks. Well, that's one of one of the cool things about the the digital era is you know you mentioned um, the theory of history, which you sent to me I think like seconds before I went on the air I was able to pull it up. In the I had just here. gotten it back from mastering. I mean, it literally just showed up in my inbox. I'm like, hey, John, check it out. <laughs> you know, one one click and drag, and it's you know it's on the air, which is you yeah, know, which I really appreciate. Thank you very pleasure. much for that. But it's easier than you know, than you know sending the 45 single or the CD single and you know putting it in the mail, and it takes. You know, five days to get here. You know, yeah, no, it was uh, what was it, ten minutes before the show. 
I did a Facebook Live thing with my daughter, just talking it up for a little bit, and it was <laughs> it was a funny exchange. So uh, so that actually get, got a few more uh, a few more listens in. And um, and did you say that there was any kind of spike in traffic at all? There was, and we also uh, we featured that. Um, we got a couple of, of calls about that, and then we ended up featuring it uh, during Drive Time as one of our, our local artist features. Thank you so much for that. That's really, our really pleasure. appreciated. We yeah. love supporting local musicians here. So. And we love supporting you. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you know, we uh, without God, I've said this before, without evangelists, you know, we're just the tree in the woods, you know, falling with nobody around. There's just, there needs to be witness, and well, there, needs to be, there needs to be supporters, and um all the all the awesome people right now who are on Facebook Live checking it out. That's that's pretty cool. Um, like I said, I'm seeing people as far from uh, as far as Australia on online right now, which is you know that's not amazing. bad for uh, hanging out in a, in a small town in Plymouth, no, exactly. county in Massachusetts. So there you go. So give a shout out to uh, some of the people who uh, made the uh, the new collection of songs possible. Um, well, that would be. Uh, that would be the, the guys that I refer to as the South Shore Cutting Crew. <laughs> that would be uh, Sean McLaughlin and uh, Mike Levesque and uh, Jim Gambino, who are who are my core band um, and the guys that get me. Um, they are uh, incredibly patient, incredibly incredibly knowledgeable about the genres that I'm trying to dig into, um, and uh, just just a, the deepest deepest well of musical knowledge and uh <laughs> and everything i've thrown at them and and it's been a it's been a pretty wide variety of stuff so they were able to bring this this music to life in a way that was um uh not just a nod to the past but a sort of a, a nod to the future you know what's old is new is new again and uh even though retro is cool this isn't being done to be retro it's being done because i think it's for me the music that i love the most so um, there it is. So, th- so those guys. Uh, I mean, I, I can't thank them enough. Um, and every, it's been an, it's been an annual event now. So the past two albums has we, we've done sessions on January first. That's how New Year is always kicked off. Um, but we haven't done that this year because of this new strategy in releasing this album. But we'll be doing some new stuff again soon. Nice. Well, maybe once the uh, the collection is completely done, we can have you back to uh, talk about it and play some more songs. Yes. Once the collection is uh, is available in the limited release, I'd absolutely love to come back. The album is going to be called Theory of History, um, and it's really been uh, just like Argue with Gravity was kind of inspired by the beginnings of uh, the, uh, the the election cycle and all the nonsense that we were kind of witnessing. Uh, Theory of History is a deeper evolution lyrically of the concepts there where it is um just the absurdity of watching what happened in 2016 and just calling out as much as we can i mean the 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 song i played two songs ago spy satellite you know everyone's talking about they're going to leave the country and that's if this one gets elected i'm leaving if that one gets elected i'm leaving um and it's it's about vigilance and and watching from afar and uh watching and hoping that hubris falls on its face yeah very cool. Monk Dwayne is in studio tonight. Thank you so much for coming to Marshfield. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Peter Black and the Wide World of Blues comes your way next, but Woo-hoo. I think we have time for one more song. Sure. What should I do? <laughs> okay. Let's do this. And give your uh, your website and uh, social media plug. Oh, please, yes. You um, you can find me on Facebook at Monk Dwayne. Um, you can like me at uh, Monk Dwayne Band. Facebook dot com slash Monk Dwayne Band, um, Instagram Monk Dwayne, Twitter. Guess what? Same thing. Um, 
And uh, my website. Consistency. You'll guess it. It is monkdwayne.com. And uh, you know what? I'm going to play something fun because I, I'm just such a depressing guy. <laughs> I apologize for that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, this this song, when I wrote this, it was with the intent of kind of smelling saltwater taffy and in, in, in the beach in the air and this kind of Jersey Shore kind of feel. So let's see. This is called Some Impressive Love. All right. Get home safely, Monk. Thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. It's not because you're breathless when you feel the running hot. There's nothing like a daydream when you're kissing every part. What you get is what's left over, not the ordinary air. When you hold her on your shoulder, there's no time you will say There's some impressive love. Some impressive love, yeah. Some impressive love. Don't try to figure it's much bigger than the two of us. Insanity's temporary. Single-mindedness subsides And in the lustful grip you will insist It's all the rest of your lives It's not the color of the flower But how the roots are intertwined You will begin to see that what is real As we accumulate the time To some impressive love Some impressive love, yeah We got some impressive love Try to figure it's much bigger than the two of us. Oh 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 oh. We're gonna bend. We're gonna risk some breaks. We can't pretend we will not make mistakes. It's not a lie without some heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 some impressive love, some impressive love, yeah. Some impressive love Don't try to figure it's much bigger Than the two of us 